Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. David sends his greetings from Texas, and he's enjoying his classes at Dallas Theological Seminary, and he's teaching at several churches there um, as well. So he sends his greetings. And uh, today, you know how I love Nehemiah. We're not going to be repeating any sermon uh, of Nehemiah, but we will be in Nehemiah 2 today. And um, we have just entered, for you Christians, including myself, this is uh, fairly new to me, um, that is not aware of all the feasts that um, the Hebrews went through. This is right now the month of Nisan. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's what I'm saying. And uh, this uh, scripture in Nehemiah 2, 1 through 6 that we're going to be uh, going through today, it says right, right at the very beginning during the month of Nisan in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. And so I just thought it would be really nice, um, you know how the scriptures say that the scriptures are giving for our example, for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness. That word example could be translated pattern. And so I think that we can gain a lot and it's, it could be a fuller expression of our uh, love and our connection and our relationship with the Lord and with each other if we recognize that this is a season for, for uh, some things. And so I have a couple facts, interesting facts that you might want to know about the month of Nisan. And it's in the spring. It happens to be during our, you know, our corresponding time here. And we happen to be in spring. And uh, it's the first month of the Jewish calendar. And God took the people of Israel out of Egypt this month. Passover is this month, which we obviously know that, right? Because Easter is right around the corner. And then the death and resurrection of Jesus was in the month of Nisan. It's one of only two names uh, in the Hebrew calendar that they name their kids after. So how would you like to be named Nisan? But whatever. <laughs> um, it's also considered to be a miracle month, uh, education and sharing day. And it's also the month that they pray a blessing over fruit trees. Isn't that interesting? Maybe it's not interesting to you, but I, anybody who can pray over and actually keep alive fruit trees is good for me. Um, and it, in the month of Nisan, it took it's it is said by the sages that it took uh, ten crowns. One was the first day of the week. One was the first day the princes brought their offerings. It was the first day of the Aaronic priesthood. It was the first day of the temple sacrifices. It was the first time a fire descended from heaven onto the altar. There's a lot of firsts, huh? The first time that sacred foods were eaten in the tabernacle. The first time the divine presence rested among the people. The first time it was forbidden to sacrifice to God on any old altar. In other words, a non-sanctified altar. And finally, it was the first month of the new year. Um, also, the princes or the heads of each tribe brought sacrifices for 12 days, one day for each tribe. I thought that was pretty cool that they, when they party, they really party. So it was 12 days of parties. It wasn't just 
a potluck, but it was 12 days of party, so that was cool. And um, this is something that I'm going to explore further. I know there's a reason, because there's always a reason with the Lord. If there's a pattern, if there's even a number, there's a significance to it if we can just dig and dig deeper. But it said that they didn't say the, um, the confessional prayers for the whole month. That it was a month to not say confessional prayers. Um, and it has 30 days. So I guess that's significant too. Um, if you're... If you're wanting to get your own copy, I got this off of Kabad.org. Um, these are believers who um, who like to add this to uh, their fellowship to the Lord. And so I thought it was neat, so I wanted to share that with you. So Nehemiah 2, 1 through 6. <clears throat> During the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was set before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, why are you sad And when you aren't sick? This is nothing but depression. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king, may the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king asked me, what is your request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and he answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and to the city where my ancestors are buried, so that I may rebuild it. The king, with the queen, sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you return? So I gave him a definite time, and it pleased the king to send me. So here we, we see this... Um, situation that we've we have visited before um, but I'd like to just take another look at it Nehemiah wrestled in prayer to God during this exact time this month of Nisan and he prevailed with the king first of all you see if you happen to have your notes uh, that he prevailed with the king I think this is very interesting he is the cupbearer and you know how it is with the protocol we learned this through Esther that you weren't allowed one you weren't even allowed to come to the king unless you were asked but he being the cupbearer of course he's going to eat the food first he's going to drink the wine first and then um, if he doesn't fall over dead then the king gets to eat and drink too so of course he would be in his presence but you still had to follow protocol so it was very interesting to me that he somehow, some way, conducted himself that he didn't get his head chopped off, and he was sad. I mean, I wonder how it was. Maybe he was um, still, you know, still had a smile on his face and everything, but have you ever seen a person that has a smile on their face, but you're looking right into their eyes, and they're very sad, you know? I that, That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it that he probably was like, oh, king, live forever. You know, he followed the protocol. He said what he was supposed to say and everything, but that he was truly uh, sad. And uh, I thought it was also telling, quite telling. Uh, maybe just being around Nehemiah, this got onto the king, because usually kings were pretty full of themselves. Uh, but he, he, uh, discern that this was like depression 
he discerned sadness, he discerned grief, the king did. And, and I thought that was also something that was um, of a blessing to me that, you know, the scriptures say that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he can turn it any way he wants, you know. And I just am so blessed in this story that he actually turned his heart towards a mere servant, a cupbearer, you know. And um, that, that really touched me as far as um, Nehemiah having this definite, close relationship with God and then seeing that even in this sadness and grief time that he was able to be favored by the king, no less. And so um, he did end up prevailing against his enemies in 1920. We won't be going through that. And he prevailed on his own people to join in the work, verses 12 through 18, which we won't be going into that into great detail. But I thought it was interesting that, um, like I said, that Nehemiah was able to appear sad in the presence of the king. He didn't get his head lopped off. And that the Lord, the Lord through the king, extended kindness to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah did express his sadness, but he did it with fear. The Bible says in one translation, he was sorely afraid. Um, again, you know, if you just say the wrong word or you're not managing yourself in a good way, that that um, it could have it could have gone really bad for him. But he had that proper reverence and that prop, proper um, honoring. That's the way I, I kind of look at it. And then he also did it with uh, meekness and respect deference, goodwill, um, let the king live forever. You know, he is wise and good, and the fittest man in the world to rule, is one translation how it was said. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, that he, he didn't say um, Jerusalem, because that might have been a sore subject for the king, but he said, um, the place of my father's sepulchers lies waste. And um, so that, again, he has wisdom, even though he's expressing his sadness, he's expressing his grief, he's still doing it with reverence and, uh, and meekness, respect. And, uh, and then, actually, when the king invited him to speak more, I think that kind of emboldened him, because now he's justifying his grief, and he says, in one translation, it says, I do well to be sad. Why should I not be so? You know, and um, so he's he's obviously saying that he's been told of the ruins of Jerusalem and he's sad, and um, and so the king encourages him, and then not only encourages him, but then it, it goes on to say other things that just this blows me away. Again, the the king. <laughs> Uh, in my mind, condescending to a servant to say, and like, uh, what will you need? When will you be back? I mean, th this is like, this is kind of like peer to peer. You would think this might be like king to king or something like that, but it, but it wasn't. And so he he again, he's humble, he's respect respectful, but he gives him that information. And uh, as it says in verse 6, um, and it pleased the king to send him. What I really wanted to 
zero in on though was not Nehemiah. What I wanted to zero in on was the month of Nisan and how uh, in 2 Samuel 11.1, 1, it says that David stayed home when it was time to go to battle. And um, Robin had to leave. She has a family emergency. Uh, but I was talking with her, I think, either in December or in January. Not sure. But um, I just had this this phrase just kept going through my head and I I didn't really have a place to put it or you know there wasn't something going on exactly at that time that I could pigeonhole it or I could say oh that's what God is saying but it just it just has been going through my mind and going through my mind and going through my mind that David stayed home when it was uh, time to go to battle when kings go to war when kings go to war when kings go to war and so um, I, I think it's interesting that in, in this month of Nissan is when this thing happened that I've been like pondering since December about the time that kings go to war. And I, I want us to all be encouraged by this that there is a time and there is a place uh, for everything under the sun according to Ecclesiastes, but there is a time and place for us to do battle there is a time for us to do war. And, and um, of course, there's a time for rest, and there's a time for um, confession, and there's a time for uh, solitude, but there is definitely a time for war. And the thing is that uh, if we don't go to battle when it's the time to go to battle, then look what happened to David. We, we have that possibility of not only not doing what the Lord might be doing, and we are not able to do it with him, but also we could actually uh, go sideways. Not good, not good. Now the time that it was this season, that it was time to go to war, was a time in uh, one of the translation, it said when messengers are sent. When messengers are sent and that would be real easy to kind of like overlook that but think about it now as believer the Bible says that we are kings and priests or if you have another translation it might say that we are a kingdom of priests but if we look at it that way um, mess this was the time that messengers were sent now remember it was like the medieval kind of like the medieval times so they had uh, swift horses fast horses but still people who had to deliver messages via like horse or via chariots maybe if they were if they were going really fancy or whatever and could go a little bit slower and um, and so I feel like in awe, in my heart that this is like this is encouraging us and this is exhorting us that there is a time and place to battle there is a time and place for war there's a time and place for mission and to ask the Lord what he is saying the messengers are being sent. The messengers, whether they're from the Word of God to our hearts or um, from um, people that, that um, perhaps mentor us, that we respect in the Lord, um, the messengers are being sent. There are messages that if we will uh, choose to do what the Lord is doing with him, that we will be successful in all our ways. The time that men go to war, some people think it's because the weather was getting better and 
it would be good camping weather. I'm not a camper, so I don't know how that all works. <laughs> but um, that it was camping weather and that the roads were cleared to march, but more importantly that the roads were cleared so that chariots or things with wheels could go because if it was any other time, it probably, the, the roads could even be closed because of either floods, there's a lot of floods um, in that area, or because of like uh, the inability of the wheels to be able to go in the, in the messiness of the soil. Uh, it also was, uh, even though they had seasonal harvest all year round, it was a downtime in harvest time. And so it would be like the perfect time right before the barley's gonna come for them that if they were gonna go to war, that was the time to go to war. And, um, and then if they got stuck in battle when, when the barley was actually supposed to be uh, uh, harvested, then they could come against their enemies like in medieval times where they give them, uh, get them stuck behind a wall, you know, where they're, they're uh, trying to just defend their land and everything. And if they can keep them at that place, then um, if they have their, their fields of barley and maybe even wheat, I'm not sure, I think it was lentils, uh, they could go and they could take that and they could not only have provision for their soldiers, but they, they, would, um, they would take their crops and that again would be able to defeat the enemy. And I, I was thinking about that, that we have in our lives, we have cycles. We have, uh, we have ways that, uh, depending on if you're like, for me, like I'm a bookkeeper, so my really busy, busy, busy days are in December, and they're in January, and they're right before April. And other than that, it's, it's kind of playing catch up and pretty even all around, but there, there is kind of a bit of a downtime. In your life, you guys probably, all of you have your own cycles, whether you work inside the home or you work outside the home, there, there is a cycle and there is a place and all. And if we make that, if we make that uh, application and understand that if the Lord is, is trying to speak to our hearts and saying, hey, I want you on mission on this, I want you here, I want you doing this, or I want you to battle this, um, maybe that's in prayer or by speaking up or doing whatever God's put in your heart for your community kind of thing, but it's a time, this is a time of war and it's a, it's a time uh, to be on uh, point with what he's saying and what he's speaking. Um, so I don't know how it works for you, but for me, I just, I love to see the patterns and I love to see the cycles. And so for me, it's like being able to bring that into my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with each of you and others outside of these uh, four walls, it's quite, it's quite liberating and it's quite strengthening to know, hey, I've got, per I'm, I'm being purposeful here. I'm being, uh, I'm being right, you know, right here. I'm right here. I'm doing right where I'm supposed to be, doing what I am to do with Jesus, and. Um, 
that is, I don't know, I don't know, I, as I'm speaking, I'm going, you're not expressing yourself well, Francis. Um, but uh, it is a time for us to seek the Lord. It is a time for us to uh, to know what is our next mission or our next battle. What is the next thing for us to do? So with that, I want to leave it open. If anybody would like to speak anything that they feel like that the Lord is uh, impressing upon them at this time or uh, what the Lord may have revealed to you through the word or, or perhaps even a testimony of what's been going on this week. I, I was going to have a testimony, but somebody else had texted me and said they woke up sick. So uh, that one didn't work. So um, anyway, so I want to have an open time. Would someone like to speak anything that they feel is appropriate and in their heart? Are we all hungry? <laughs> really, it's early, so. Well, I was impressed by the relationship between uh, Nehemiah and the king. They had a trust uh, that went beyond that servitude, you know. And, um, and I think that's important that they spent so much time that, that the king trusted Nehemiah and Nehemiah trusted his king that he could be sad in his presence that he could express this need and and that is that's important for us to to realize is that we have that same relationship with God is that we can come to him with a sad face we can trust him with our needs and uh, that that was that was a good word that's good. I was uh, one time I w I received a compliment that I was like so shocked about. I had worked in the medical field for years and years and years, and I had been there so long that I had just about been in every position, and I ended up at the highest position, which was a hospital monitor uh, float. And um, I remember one time I was in medical records, and that was considered like kind of like the lowest, it was where you started out so that you can learn the file system and all that kind of stuff. And I remember this lady who just was real rough, really rough, but she did remind me of my uh, dad, so I, I knew how to deal with it, you know, kind of thing. She gave me an unexpected compliment and she said, you know, when you teach me how to do something, I don't feel stupid. And, um, and I was like, what? You know, to me, I follow what I think the, the Word of God says, like Jesus did it. He did it, then they sh he showed them how to do it, then they did it with him there, and then they did it when he left earth, you know. And so it, there's just like this smooth transition. So even in that employer, employee, or servant to servant kind of thing, it's really amazing what that trust level does and all. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.